Well, today we have our wonderful Michelle from Standards International, also known as Little Miss Wow. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Very excited. All the way from the UK. So we're doing complete different time zones. Gosh, yeah. But it's working. It's all right. I'm happy to work around the The wonders of technology. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I wanted to get you on the show because I came across you many years ago at an MDRT event in Sydney and you were like almost bouncing off the stage. Your energy was just out of this world and you were talking um, about really wowing um, your clients when you're running a financial planning uh, business or practice. And um, at the time, I just sort of said, I've been in my own business for a couple of years, but I just went, wow, there's a lot of stuff I haven't even considered. And if I really want to make an impact, you know, I've got to listen to what you have to say. And um, over the years, I followed you and listened to you. And then uh, recently, we met up at the AFA conference. And we did. There was uh, so many things going on because you guys went through similar stuff that our industry went through. Yeah. Um, and how that impacts us, uh, you know, mentally and emotionally when your industry is getting hammered and our, um, we sometimes are struggling with our reputation and when we're doing our best to do, to serve and a lot of people misunderstand what we do. So it was wonderful to, to um, meet with you again and from a different angle as well and, and bring in the concept of mental health and mindset and it gave me a broader scope of what you the, the value you offer yeah. um to your to your community but our community so um i thought you'd be perfect to talk to about just getting mindset right whether you're self-employed employed um you know in a job uh wanting just to make a difference in your life or and also there's going to be obviously colleagues of ours that are listening to this as well so if you are in a practice how to make it amazing because you mm -hmm. that's basically what you do the yeah. first thing I wanted to talk to you about, though, when I went to your website and I thought, let's, let's just get an update of where you're at and what you're doing. And mm -hmm. uh, I was really curious and I saw this awesome little recording on a story about the taxi and the limo and I absolutely loved it. Do you mind sharing that first for those who have never been to your website? Happy to. So I was blessed of a really very young age with oodles of confidence and um, I was able to talk to total strangers. So I think I've always had, you know, we were just talking just before we started recording about being extroverts. And I think as a little girl, you know, my mum always used to sort of find me chatting to complete strangers in the middle of the street and I'd make best friends with them and I'd be like six years old. So I've always had that, that bit of something. But the, the taxi and the limo story. So I was traveling around Canada. I was on a speaking tour. I was, I was speaking for a, a financial services network and I was three weeks away from home and actually my daughter was probably well she, she would have been no more than three I think when I went maybe a little bit older and I'd been to all these cities and I'd been talking on stage about how to have an amazing life and an amazing business and I'd given it all the big ones like I'd really gone for it like I was on I was like jazz hands every every session giving it all the you know the large telling everyone what to do and I arrived in um montreal at this particular airport and it was probably about 11 o'clock at night and i'd got two massive full suitcases full of books and merchandise and shoes and everything that a girl needs for three weeks on on the road and it was cold it was freezing cold in october 
in Canada and I turned up at this airport and it was I looked I kind of was I, was, I got I got, I've got my bags and I was like now what I look like death and I, I just needed to get to my hotel so you go and look for the ground transportation sign as you do in Canada and you kind of head out and as I look as I was walking towards this what well, I saw this sort of sign in a doorway I kind of just glimpsed to my left and I could see what was probably about a hundred people waiting in the freezing cold freezing cold at like half past ten at night it's raining and they're waiting for this taxi line well I, I just felt sick to be honest all I wanted to do was get to my hotel I've and been to Canada in I, winter I know how cold it, it's it gets freezing. I mean it's Bloody like hell. you you <laughs> could literally freeze the half of side of your face off it's freezing right mm -hmm. I don't think mm -hmm. I think no one that for anyone that hasn't been has no idea how no, cold it is right it gets bloody cold so, and it's late and I've been on like I'm on like flight number eight and I'm just exhausted right and um so I, tried, I walked up to this line looked out the this window and I was like oh not a chance then I kind of looked ahead and I could see this sign that says limousine and I was like oh my god like heaven there wasn't a single person in this line red carpet there was like those lovely kind of barrier chained off you know to walk and there wasn't a single person and I'm like sort of looking down this line going why, why are all those people there? And, that, and I'm thinking it's maybe closed. So as I stood there with my two suitcases, looking down this line, the thing that clicked in my head was, am I worth a limousine? That's, that's, what, that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. As I was standing there looking down this line, looking at these people who clearly didn't feel that they were worth a limousine, and probably maybe some couldn't afford it, which is fine. But what came next was where I learned the lesson. So... In a, in, a, in a thought second split, I went, yes, I am. Sod that. And I'm working my arse off and I'm traveling around Canada. And I'm going on stage with my little posh outfits and my makeup on. I'm worth a limousine. So off I go down the bottom of this red carpet, beautiful, car, like vacuumed, like hoovered the lot, right? So I get to the bottom and there's this wonderful woman, limousine driver, beautiful Mercedes, Audi, whatever it was at the time, I can't remember. And she's like, you know, opens the door, takes my bags off me, puts them in the boot, and I get in. And she hands me, she said, there's water, there's Evian, Evian water in the door, this is my dad's cell. I know, right? <laughs> oh, that is there. I'm like, oh, God, this is amazing. Uh, I don't mind if I do. And then she hands me the USB cable, my phone. She asked me what phone I had, and she handed me the cable, and she said, um, if you can you choose some music of your choice and just basically plug your phone in. So I'm thinking, is she going to like hack my phone or something? <laughs> Straight away, I went into like, oh my God, she'll have all my photos on Facebook in a bit. I'll be, I'll be game over, I'll be hacked. So she hands me this cable and I put some music on and I just thought, this is, this is it. But then I thought, oh my God, this is going to cost me a flipping fortune. This is like, I've got full end service. So I, I leant forward and I said, so come on then. I said, so how much more is this limo to that taxi to where I'm going? Like how much difference? And she said $25, which is probably about £20. What is, what's that, 40 Aussie dollars? About double, is it? About, about that, right? And I went, are you for real? And she's like, no, that's, that, you know, is that, is that too much? And I was like, no, no, no. And I just, mm. I, I just, that moment, I thought, my, my life, my time, my happiness, my well-being, is, I'd have paid 90 extra dollars to sit in that limousine and go straight to that hotel because that line of people in that taxi line was a good hour deep at least an hour deep at half past ten at night 
and then I, I was sort of sitting there as I was pondering along and the next morning I told the story at the next session I delivered in Montreal that morning and I thought to myself how many people would stand in that queue and wait for that taxi because for whatever reason they don't think they're worth an extra 30 40 50 dollars 25 dollars at that point I had no idea what it was but I knew with all my effort my hard work how nice I was how lovely I was to people and how how important I was to myself that I was worth a limo over a taxi that night and it just struck me and I just thought there's too many people in the limo line they're living mm. in the limo line they're in the taxi line the limo line yeah, the they're living line. in the taxi line they're living in that line you know they're not treating themselves to the things that they deserve they're scrimping and scraping on stuff they shouldn't be you know and it comes down to the stuff you do like their relationship with money is poor so they don't think they're worth getting a brand new pair of jeans they go to the ones in the sale I've got I've got girlfriends like this so yeah that that's the story but I can honestly tell you Amy it was it was one of those things that changed my whole outlook of myself forever and from that moment I won't go to the sales and buy the stuff I don't really want I will save up and buy the pair of jeans that I want from diesel full price or whatever because yes. I'm worth it because I'm worth it I, you know my self-worth is of a level as should everybody's as should everybody's I mean you've kicked you've hit so many uh amazing talking points just there in that one story um so as i said before we started uh the money coaching stuff that i do is talking about our mindset and um yeah. and the stories you know things we've gathered and learned about ourselves from a very young age and the language we're hearing from our parents and whatnot so a lot of this is carried on carried forward into our adult you know lives and we've never really measured ourselves going what is it that I, I want and worth? And a lot of people do not um, put themselves first. A lot of people are like the martyrs and the victims and they sort of stuck in this state and not realise, one, they can afford it. Yeah. They're worth it. They're not worth it. It's, it's a killer. <coughs> I, mean, I, I think it's like, you know, I use the story a lot. Like I'll say, you know, what, do you, what happens if you get a rotten strawberry in a punnet of beautifully red strawberries? Well, within 24 hours, they're all rotten right because the rot set in the rotten strawberry has impacted everything and and that that piece of self-worth generally is that first strawberry and everything comes you you make bad choices of your boyfriends and your girlfriends if you think your self-worth is bad is low you you, you don't treat yourself to good skin products because you, you're not worth it or you go for the cheaper version and your skin's bad you don't eat good food because you don't think you know you'll go for the cheaper food and then you get poorly tummy it's just a cycle. It's a Absolutely. Cycle. When it comes down to our sense of worth um, and a financial concept as well, a lot of people I deal with have, they're, they're limiting themselves and their abilities and the actual amount that they could even achieve with their goals if they actually were given direction and coaching. Um, and yeah. a lot of people I do, I look at their, you know, financial plan and the first time we do that, they're sort of, trying to give me a, a little bit almost too scared to dream then the following year as you can actually educate them and go you know you, we do a cash flow planning and then we'll i'll forecast out what that looks like and they actually see the picture see the blueprint so to speak of where yeah. they're heading and then all of a sudden they go i could buy a house i could yeah. i could actually take the yeah. holiday you know yeah. and then and then they're giving that extra moment to dream and it just it's sort of a building process of layering and Part of the work is that psychology of going. But it's unlearning. Well, you're reteaching them. You are reteaching. That's right. Decades of, of education from various sources 
but you're re you're reteaching them and it what a, what a job you do i mean that that's got to be the most rewarding thing about your work it's got to be i love i definitely love doing that absolutely yeah. and you have to i mean there's so many things but you've got to not overwhelm at first so uh, you know with, with the work that i do as i it, it's usually money coaching or financial planning and sometimes i I start introducing yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. coaching yeah, into the money thing, into the sort of financial advice thing when I start seeing patterns. And you can, you, as you do the work more often, it's really easy to pick people and, you know, yeah. where they're, they're being to themselves tyrants, you know, using yeah. you know, the archetypes. They don't realise, but they're holding themselves back. I remember Absolutely. you saying with the webinar we did a couple of um, several months back with the AFA, and we'll go to talk about that in a moment. Mm -hmm. um, but you said, you know, money buys two really important things. It buys you time and it buys yeah. you things. And yeah. I just went, that's so true. And the time yeah. is often something people rob themselves off and yeah, the no, things they'll the skimp time. on. And it's like, hang on, this is your life. You're working really hard for this. Mm -hmm. What do you want out of it? Like, what yeah. is it? If, and I say, this, let's say this is a clean slate and there's no not wrong answer and there's no amount of money it just is whatever you feel you want your life to look like you want holidays every year what does that look like how does it feel so you know giving those people the chance to dream and forget the current situation because you want to move them from that to something better yeah, they don't even yeah, know how absolutely. to get how, how that can happen so your story with the taxi and the limo is a yeah. beautiful example of getting that message of Hang on, am I worth it? Of course, yeah. I'm bloody worth it. I work really hard. But, but but what what happens is, I mean, you know that that whole conversation can link to everything. It's like you know, I'm treated badly in a relationship. Well, it's all I deserve. It's the best I'm going to get, right? It's it's making bad choices because you're not coming from a position of strength, and and that also feeds into having a lot of self confidence, watching yourself talk, you know. There's, you know, there's lots of posts and stuff, you know, you, you only have to search on word swags and word porn on Instagram and there's hundreds of, you know, positive kind of messages. But, you know, there was one that I picked up a few years ago, which says, you know, it doesn't matter what you say to me, you want to hear what I say to myself, right? And we, we almost poison our own mind. And that's self-talk. And that comes from that first position of self-worth. So if you don't think you're worthy, you'll talk to yourself like you're not worthy. Yet, what do you expect when other people then talk to you in a certain way? Because you've had a whole conversation like that with yourself. What do you expect? Absolutely. Yeah. You There's see? a lot of unpacking so, you have to do. It, there is. It's literally, I mean, I used to say it all the time. I'm sure you do. It's like, it's like peeling the onion one layer at a time. You just keep going until you get to the real, the real nitty gritty. And it's self-awareness. It's self-analysis. And what was interesting, um, I've been, and this has probably helped. I've been doing quite a bit of meditating around the same time as that tour quite a bit of yoga because I was that away from home and I love my fitness and I would do, I'd be doing yoga every morning in the hotel before I kind of got my day started. And probably that next morning, I remember sitting in the, in the, in the restaurant in the busiest hotel in Montreal, I swear it was absolutely massive, this hotel. And it was chaos. The breakfast room was absolutely chaos. And I remember sitting there in my dress all ready to go on stage. And I almost felt like there was like a force field around me almost like I, I was inside of a bubble and it mm -hmm. was like the world was craziness all outside but in my little bubble I was in my safety zone and it's definitely definitely got a lot to do with me concentrating 
through yoga and having some quiet and some meditation time, connecting with my inner me, which links to my self-worth, which links to my mindset of abundance, which links to my mindset of anything is possible. You know, people say to me all the time, you know, do you live in like a world of unicorn and sparkles? And I go, yes, thanks. Mm. And actually, I quite like it there. <laughs> Thank you very much. But it doesn't do me any harm. Like, it no. doesn't do me any harm. So, you know, it, it's, it's so flipping important. And girls are so bad at them to themselves, particularly. Oh, yes. This self-talk, it's brutal. I look fat in that. I'm ugly. I'm this, I'm that. Well, you've, you've had a new daughter. I've got a nine-year-old. She, Ruby said to me the day she went, Mom, I don't want to wear this. She said, because I look fat in this. I went absolutely flipping nuts. Nuts. I went, you look strong, Ruby. And I was trying to use all positive affirmations, bloody, you know, words. But I was like, she's nine. And already it's in. It's starting yeah. to creep in. We've got a lifetime of work to help people at whatever age. Just stop that craziness. And it all, it all comes down to self-worth in the end. It does. And look, I um, wanted to share with you, I think I sent it, I told you in an email that um, I, that workshop we did with the AFA, mm -hmm. I've actually worked with um, divorcees, women that have come out of really, really hard relationships. So I've started using that worksheet and, yeah. you know, and I've told them your story. And um, because it's always when you, I've been through a divorce um, and and anyone really who's gone through a long relationship and a breakup, um, and, and you don't have to, you might even find it going for a career change. It doesn't have to be a anything. relationship or a breakup. It could be anything that you look at your life and go, I am unhappy trigger. and I really need to change. There's a trigger, exactly. Yeah. And this, you know, um, one particular woman I'm working with right now, that was an incredible power, incredibly powerful thing for her yeah. because the hold of her ex-husband had on her was so strong she chose to live leave a, a you know lovely lifestyle um you know million dollar property and whatnot and to live and earn almost nothing and a tiny little unit with her and a son but she was feeling sorry for him wow and i'm like hang on a minute he lives in the big house he's Gosh. living you know and i just reminded her i said remember we started talking and i use i use acronyms to get people to see the characteristics yeah. And although the language has changed because he's feeling bad and wanting her back, his language has changed, but the control is there. It's the same monster, different mask. Um, so that whole work of, I want you to focus on this worksheet and I want you to think about you, nobody yeah. else. Nobody else. Yeah. Nobody else, not your sons, not your ex-husband, not your friends, yeah. nobody but you. Yeah. Yeah. And rewrite your story. Yeah. That has been incredibly powerful. So I want yeah, you to talk, great. talk us through that because I am now sending people, I mean, you're, I talk about you and say, this is a website. I don't want to steal your thunder. No, um, no, you, but you, I think you it's steal amazing. It every day. <laughs> steal it. Steal it because, you know, I mean, you know, we know that this situation is not, it's not female driven. We know that. And we know that there are probably as many men in the world who put too many other people first and are suffering from you know having to provide for a family and it's they're overwhelmed by it we know this however what i think is the difference between the man and the woman predominantly is the is when children arrive and it's the woman's um, maternal instinct that kicks in and i've i've you know ruby's now nine and i remember at the time 
and I'll tell you, I'll tell the story, but just to sort of set the scene, really, I remember at the time saying to mums in my kind of my mum group, you know, are you happy? And their response was, well, of course not. I'm like, what do you mean, of course not? Well, uh, my life has vanished overnight. Well, my life with Ruby never vanished. It changed and my life ran parallel to Ruby's. Now, I only have one child, so it makes it a bit easier. But what happened was um, when I had Ruby, any spare time that I had available was, well, pre-Ruby, was went to me. It was directed at me. So I had a, a partner, Martin. I had a business. I had a house. I had friends, friendships. Um, I had family and then any sort of spare and I had quite a big share of that time personally now when Ruby came around my time that was for me ultimately was directed to her so my fitness dropped off and as, as it does but when Ruby was about two and a half um everybody everyone else's demands of me were the same but my free time my me time went to Ruby of course I had to get that time from somewhere and that's quite normal for, for, mm-hmm. for mothers and fathers in some cases and I remember being, um, I was actually in America. I'd, I'd literally come off stage. I'd walked, I'd done this whole jazz hand thing again on wow life, wow business. It was around the same time as the limousine taxi story. And I came off stage and I was stepping literally one foot down the steps at the back of the stage. And as I was putting my feet down, I just kept saying to myself in my head, self-talk, you're an absolute fraud, Michelle. You're an absolute fraud. And I just remember my feet dropping one step, one step, one step. And when I got to the bottom of the steps, what I realized, because I've given it the whole have a wow life, wow business, wow this, wow that, I realized probably just for no reason other than that there must have been a trigger that my life wasn't well, that I wasn't happy, that my life was out of control. I wasn't happy in myself. My well-being was suffering because I had no time. I was on a, I was on either three-year-old at home and I was on a, a, a you know, a, a tour again of America. Like this was no life, no life. But I couldn't tell you how I got there or how it just creeped up on me as it does with, every, with all of these things, right? You don't just go from zero to 100 miles an hour overnight. It's a gradual build, which is why it was, became a problem. And it, it hit me, literally took my breath when I got to the bottom of these steps. And then I kind of parked it because then I had to go to a meeting. And then that evening, I met a guy from MGRT. It was an MGRT meeting. And I met this advisor from Canada. We've become really great friends over the years. But we were just chatting in the bar, as you do, you know, as everyone does at, at kind of these meetings. And, and he said to me, um, we were chatting, and he said, um, do you mind me asking you a question? And I said, um, no, fine. He went, are you happy? Well, okay, now. He, he might as well have just like slapped me around the face <laughs> because... I, sat, I stood there and went, um, no. <laughs> but normally, I'd, I'd have gone, yeah, everything's great, life is amazing, you know, everything's fabulous, I'm in America and I'm on stage and all that. But he obviously, and he was a planner, he was a great planner, life coach, right? He, he read you. God, didn't he just? <laughs> and he literally, he could, have, he could have knocked me over with a feather that night. And I said, do you know what? I'm not. And this was, I swear to you, Amy, this was about half past eight at night in the bar. We sat talking until 5.30 in the morning. And there wasn't a drop of alcohol we'd either of us had consumed. We just talked and talked and talked and talked. Both of us about our lives, right? Hence the reason we've become such great friends. And that morning after, I literally went to my room and I wrote down 10 words, 10 areas of my life. And I realized that I was desperately unhappy. 
And those 10 areas became the concept that we designed as the future you. So what I did on the, one of those little tiny bits of paper and a little pen next to the phone in the hotel room, what I did was I projected myself forward to the eve of my 40th birthday, which was the 7th of March, you know, the new year. And I wrote down on these little bits of paper what I wanted my life to look like, feel like, taste like, be like on the eve of that date. And what I'd effectively done without me really realizing it is I had designed the future me, the future you, the future version of myself. And in, when, in my planning, Ruby had vanished. Martin had disappeared. My business had disappeared. And I'm not, that was my plan, but I had no consideration for anything other than myself doing that exercise. And I can honestly tell you, I think I cried most of the way through it. I realized that the relationship that I was in, I was unhappy in, um, that I didn't particularly like my relationship with my daughter because I'd not bonded with her properly because I'd never been there. You know, she had, she was ill some mornings and she'd chat Martin, she'd chat her dad. Um, and I would say, I'm, I'll come. And she'd say back to me, I don't want you. I want daddy. Well, you might as well have ripped my heart out because I was always at work. Now I created that life. For sure, that was all my doing, 100%, right? I'll take full responsibility. But I changed pretty much every aspect of my life on that night by writing that out. And then I gave it no more thought other than I came home, kept it all to myself and started making some changes. I got rid of friendships that were not really friendships. People were, had made their way into my life and I have no place being there. I have no value to my life and I added no value to theirs. I started working out, I got fit, I did it all at home, home workout, online, YouTube. Martin and I, I had a conversation with Martin, and I remember he walked downstairs one day, this was probably, so this was the June, in about the September, um, I walked downstairs after putting Ruby to bed one night, and I said to him, we need to talk, and he said, please don't leave me, please don't leave me, right? And I said, I'm not going to leave just yet, I said, but I'm not happy, and in the December, we separated because we'd spoke a lot about it. Um, there was nobody else involved. There was no affairs. There was no betrayal. It was the fact that when I ran my future version forward to 40, he wasn't in my movie. He wasn't in my life. And me and Martin are still great friends because we because it was done right. And, and, and affairs are just the most horrific thing ever because they betray and people get hurt. However, they happen because it gives people a reason to leave. And the yeah. reality is people don't need a reason to leave. They are the reason enough, which comes back to self-worth, right? Yeah. And I was separating a family with a three-year-old in it, right? It wasn't an easy thing to do. But I changed my friendship circles and my fitness and my diet and my house. And I, did, I changed it all. I got rid of people and just said, you know, when they all kicked off and said, well, you know, what have I done? I, was just, I said, it's not about you. I'm, I'm not, I don't feel this relationship is adding any value to either of us. But I was honest bravery see so you need a, bu a bucket full of bravery so then I kind of started dealing with stuff myself and then I would have conversations with planners in my work because I coach planners and, and financial advisors in businesses and and I just was spotting all these signs that they themselves their lives were out of control because they particularly you know you're a planner Amy you know you probably spend more waking time changing the lives of clients lives that your life so is naturally going to take second take place second, second fiddle to whatever you're doing for clients. That's just how it is. But I realized that this was a common thing. So I started doing the exercise literally on the back of a notepad with every advisor that I sat down with to, to, with astounding results. 
I started presenting on it in workshops, at conferences. And I've had messages from people on LinkedIn two years later saying, I saw you in so-and-so, I've now finally left my abusive husband. Or I've moved back to LA because I was living in California and I, I was living in, I don't know, wherever, Calgary in Canada and I needed to go move back to Vegas. Or random stories, people I don't even remember. I never met them, but they, they saw my presentation. So the future you, you know, I'd be very happy to, on this audio, you know, for you to share this with any clients. And also, we'll put the link on so that they can download the version of themselves. You know, and the idea basically, simple is, you know, imagine an age or a day in your future when you're free, when you're lying, flying, sitting, sailing, you're doing whatever you think makes you the most happiest. And you sit and you design the future version of yourself. What does that, on the eve of that date, write it down, feel it, touch the words, feel the words, every word that goes on that bit of paper, connect with them and have that and stick it on the front of your fridge. Have it as your vision board. I don't care. I created a vision board on the back of mine. So I created all the pictures and stuff, which again, I'm happy to share with it, with you guys, but mm. it just inspires. So when, so when you look so far ahead and it's all about you, it doesn't matter what bounces in your path, COVID, relationship breakdowns, dramas dramas children family you've got your eye on the prize and that's where you that's where you focus and I repeat that exercise probably I reckon about every six to nine weeks because it's really flipping important that I regain that focus I keep doing it keep doing it it's that's such a powerful um method by putting yourself in a, in a future place but the emotion all of the feelings in the visual is, is really incredible when you've actually put your mind to it. That's yeah. sort of, um, uh, I read Changing, Changing the Habits of Being Yourself by Dr. Do, Joe Dispenza. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's a you know, meditative guru, right? And the concept, he sort of said the same thing. You really need to be feeling it. So when you're doing this exercise, I love that you sort of say, put yourself on the eve, put the date, put that goal. Yeah. How are you feeling? Because if you're in that emotional state, that's what you get that's sort of going to drive you more than anything else. Incredibly. Is that feeling? Well, and also, there is, there's, there's that. And there's also, you know, I've done, I've done interviews before and they've said, you know, give us a closing, you know, inspirational, you know, message for our listeners. And my response has been, well, just be as selfish as hell. Because you've got to put your oxygen mask on before helping anybody else. If, you, if you're not okay, nobody's okay. Your kids aren't okay. Your partner relationships aren't okay. So you've got to put yourself first. You have to. 100%. You know, oh. you're, no, you're no good. Half empty. No I've good. just learned that lesson all over again. I think my, my new baby has been like a reminder of how I fall very quickly into the trap of being the martyr. And yeah, and then I get resentful and I'm a nasty person to everybody. Yeah. And it's just like, of course, it's not me. But I then, you know, um, you know, I felt like as I said to you before we started recording, I, I took myself away last night for a night off, and I did Perfect. yoga this morning and putting myself first. And I felt very guilty, but that's again question the self worth in myself. Why am I feeling guilty? Well, guilty. I deserve what? it. So what was the first what? thing I said to you when you told me? First, first two words, I went, totally deserved. Totally deserved. Not, oh, well, did you lose the baby? Because that, if I'd have responded like that, that says more about me than it does of you or my feelings about you. That's all about me. So I say to you, totally deserved, because I equally deserve a night in a hotel with yoga in the morning by a personal instructor. 
It was the best. Maybe or not. Maybe yeah. or not. Like, yeah. Because absolutely we do. And those levels of self-worth and the reward for those self-worth are that they, they, they differ because you know I'm, I'm lucky I've got money in the bank and I, I, I have a business and I, and I earn a reasonable income so I can afford certain things but if I was on less money with less money in the bank all I would do is rather than have lots of stuff that's cheap and a bit naff and in the sale and I would buy one pair of jeans rather than five pairs of cheap jeans I'd buy one pair of jeans so it's this is when you get down to quality versus quantity you know, one one good of something is worth twenty times ten pairs of of just rubbish that you don't really want or love, and it's it's all down to the self worth conversation. Everything comes back to it. Everything, Everything. absolutely. Um, the amount of times I've looked at people's financial position and been quite surprised because they have no idea of the potential their life could be yeah. because they don't mm -hmm. sense that they were, are, are worthy of maybe upgrading the kitchen because they are scared to spend on themselves or well, they're worthy what, of a better lifestyle by investing long term to have a retirement earlier than they you know yeah. their, their, their colleagues or their family members because they don't sense they're worthy well you know what well, I, I think I think in terms of inheritance, and obviously, you know, you've got, you know, you're in the business of advising clients when they come into money. Well, you know, I've I've had, um, I've had in the last three years, I've had my great auntie die. I had my both my grandmas actually died on the same morning in November. Both oh, of them, two one was eighty four. Both of them found oh. dead in their homes the same morning, five streets apart. Like this is the oh. most freakiest day ever, right? But each of them died, and I've got one great auntie who's 94, who lives in the north of England, no children. All of them, all four of the women, absolutely loaded. Absolutely loaded. Like my auntie, who's 94 in York, she's probably got a million quid sloshing around in premium bonds and investments. Wow. She still uses the tissue paper, the toilet paper, that's like tracing paper. Right? Oh my gosh! Right, her her tea towels in her kitchen have got holes in them, and there is no amount of talking that we can do to get her to spend money on stuff like that because she'll make do. So actually, my generation, your generation, we're going to be loaded because all this money is going to drop down because the generation above who had the money never spent it. I mean, in a bit, I'm going to be flipping loaded because she never. She, oh no, it's so sad. But I don't want the money. I want her to spend it, but she won't because she, well, she that, doesn't think it, she's worth X, Y, Z. Okay, that's exactly why the the behaviour stuff is important because when you're looking at a generation, perfect example, um, like your like our grandparents and even my parents, the baby boomers, yeah, the, before mm -hmm. then and now. They've come from war, a time of war and for, and and uh, depression and yeah. post depression, but still, scarcity. they came from a space of scarcity. Correct. They've come from war. They've come from um, a lot of disruption, and there's incredible amounts of scarcity because of the way they were raised post, um, you know, the depression times as well, and that's just carried with them their entire lives. Yeah, and it's actually the way. So our behaviours are created subconsciously from our childhood 
So it's what they've been taught, the language, again, language is so important. The language that they've heard when they were little ones is what they carry on and make financial decisions as adults. It's basically oh. why you have, we have these generations that are, um, you know, some, some baby boomers are great, they're spending kids' inheritance and they've got a completely different attitude because they also came out of more of a revolution period yeah. of yeah. You know, post-Vietnam post and mm -hmm. more hippie-like. But yeah. then there's those that are like, my parents are incredibly conservative. So you've got two yeah. extremes in that one yeah. generation. Yeah. Rebelled, yeah. But then you yeah. look at their parents and they're all very conservative. Yeah. And you've got to look at the times that they were raised and why. And those that all trickles down all the way through to us. So yeah. I recognise that I'm incredibly frugal by my parents, but then there's also the inner fool of me that from my dad, my parents separated, right? So I've got yeah. these two households, very, very different. Different, slimy. And yeah. so it's very confusing sometimes when you look at my financial decisions. <laughs> when you go, but if you break it down, and when I go went through that whole coaching process, because I, I went through it as being coached to learn the process, what an eye opener! And it, it really is yeah. all comes down to how we see ourselves in our sense of worth. That is yeah. massive foundation to it all, yeah. because of what we've heard, what we've been taught um, from at very young ages. And basically, if we don't unpack all of that recognize that like you do with your with you know building your future self yeah. if we're not prepared to really have a good look at ourselves yeah. then we're realistically making these financial decisions Gosh. as almost like 12 year olds as adults yeah. because you know we're we've got the child brain yeah building our, our subconscious is telling us how to behave yeah. and making these decisions yeah. so as you put it when it comes down to your great aunts and the grandmothers that um have not spent and looked after, like spent no. money on themselves. It's because of the way they were raised. Absolutely, it's great for me. I'll have, I'll have all oh. this money piling in, but and I will. And it's even like when I inherited from my auntie. Like I, I was very when I got the money. I mean, I, I inherited about I don't know forty thousand pounds from her, and I remember it sitting in my bank, God, for ages. And now I'm very aware of all this stuff. But I almost felt like I needed to do good with that money on lovely things because she never had lovely things. So I bought myself a diamond ring, treating myself to a diamond ring, which I had designed in her colours and the colours that we shared that we loved together. I bought myself a new car for Ruby and I to go camping. So I've got a nice big T5 transporter, you know, converted with like all the pop top and um, like a motorhome. And, and because I needed to, I, I wanted to do something more with that money than she had ever had so when I had my ring designed I had a ruby stone in it because my daughter's ruby so it would pass to ruby when I wasn't around or when I decided to give her that so it just needed it just needed more more stuff to be done with that money and I felt that was my duty weirdly to do that and it was so rewarding to, to spend that money not just because I could get a van but because of the emotional back background that I would put to that money so I was I was aware I was aware of what I was doing to that money in the bank in terms of the emotional connection but it felt amazing so it was positive mindset being applied to money as a but to almost counteract the negative aspect that that money had brought to her because I think it stressed her out having that money in that bank which is why she never looked at it or touched it or did anything with it 
it was it was it caused her a huge amount of anxiety which you're going to be absolutely familiar with yes oh look that story i mean it's beautiful because you actually honored her yeah you know in that way because if you recognize that it caused money can cause anxiety money causes anxiety whether you have it or you don't have it we look you've got to look at it as from an energetic field in some respects as opposed to just the tangible you know yeah physical yeah. dollars and pound cents note. yeah absolutely. So pound note yeah as yeah, yeah. um as opposed to looking at it going from an energetic point of view why would someone get so anxious about it or yeah. not want to deal with it oh gosh there's so many clients have come across with their heads in the sand and have done nothing with money yeah. sitting there and you're looking at it going if it's invested 10 years ago that would be oh the mind boggles, oh my god yeah yeah, yeah um, totally. you know um, but and then there's also clients that do come into money and get you know inheritance and they they do put it off for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Because at the same, very similar to your story, but without you've got a lot of knowledge because you come from our yeah, industry. Absolutely. You're working with advisors that you know educate and in, uh, uh, their clients on investing or give direction with investing and or, or work on the goals so mm-hmm. that that money is directed the way it should you know ought to be for that particular person's needs. Yeah. But a lot of people very look look at money and just go, deer in the headlights, can't deal with it, don't know yeah. what to do. And okay, because of that, I'm just gonna put my head in my head in the sand and pretend it's <laughs> not there. Yeah. Which is just as bad. <laughs> personally. It, 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 it is. Well it it is. And you know, really, I mean really, any amount of money is simply an enabler. And if and if you put that enabler with your self worth and your level of self worth the two will connect and the same as money connects to self-worth so does your relationships so does your physical form you know i had a conversation with a lady the other day because you know over lockdown i mean i've got i'm flipping muscled up right it's unbelievable because i'm working out every day because i can right i'm doing my squats and my weights and my and i love it right and she's like you know you know she's got money she's got money and i said she's like what do you do and can you give me some points so i went you need to join a gym Right, just get there's a gym down the road for twenty five pounds. She went, oh, that's a lot. I was like, no, it's not. I know she can afford twenty five pounds a month. I know she can, right? But what she won't do is she hasn't got the confidence to walk into a gym because she's self taught herself to basically attack her body, so she doesn't want to expose herself in any way, and she doesn't think she's worthy of that level of whatever. So it's worthy of spending on herself, investing in herself. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's absolute rotten. Rotten it is. Yeah. So going back to building your future self, um, it's absolutely, if you do it, and I've put myself through it, and I, I remember that day we did it with the AFA, and I'm, yeah. I'm scribing, and I, I've gone back, as I keep all of my notebooks. Yeah, I do. So I, yeah. I write, sort of like I write my motivation things, and I write things that inspire me, but I also write letters to myself. And, yeah, great. And this one was, again, it was like a letter to myself, and I've gone back and gone, because I actually went, got to execute this properly and I think I did email you and went I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell somebody I've got to be held accountable this is when I this is my birthday and so you know my age and this is when I'm going to be there so I'm yeah this is this is where I'm at um because I go it's the most powerful thing if you do it you know and start going okay it's like a financial plan but it's better than that because yeah it's more just more it's that Whole person. Um, whole person. It's a very holistic approach to complete wellness. Yeah. Um, so, look, powerful. Yeah. 
I'm going to be encouraging everybody to jump over to your website and. Um, but to Amy, honestly, like take that oh. form and create it with your logos on it, your branding, make it yours. I don't own that. I don't. And you know what? It, it, it's, you can tell the story, share the story, share the video and bits of this, but make it yours because I didn't design that to go, well, that's my IP. It's not. It's mm. just an exercise that I went through with those headers, with that story, and it's changed so many people. So take it, yeah. make it yours, put it into your fact find, put it into your agenda. Because every client, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're not a client of Amy's and you're, you know, you're not sure about financial advice and financial planning, just engage, have a conversation. You know, you, mm. if you take nothing away from it, fine. It might be the wrong time or the wrong person. But what an experience, the fact of going through that journey with somebody mentoring and coaching you through it. It's just groundbreaking. It's a game changer. It is a game so changer. Take it, take it, have it. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I also wanted to, I mean, we're kind of running out of time here, but I That's wanted right. to talk to you. We'll have to get you back. Um, <laughs> Wait, because, what is that? What step two? Yeah, because the, the, I mean, some of the work that you do um, is quite groundbreaking in terms of really wowing uh, businesses, making businesses, clients go, wow, I feel so valued as a client to be in this business. You really coach financial pra uh, planning practices, yeah. but I sort of think a lot of that could be relatable to many entrepreneurs because yeah. if you're in service, you want to yeah. impress people and you want them to yeah. come back to you. So you've got, uh, I, there's a little snippet on your website where you sort of go through quite a lot of um, examples of how to make someone yeah. just feel so yeah. amazing yeah. because yeah. they are amazing. Yeah, and that's what absolutely. our job is to do is make people really absolutely. aware of how amazing they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think people realise what financial advisors actually do. No. They think is we're just not nerds behind a desk that talk about money, but that yeah. the money yeah. is actually only yeah. a small part of it. As we've yeah. talked about, the big picture yeah. is, yeah. you know, how we feel, where our yeah. value is, but how you instil that in others. Do you mind yeah. sharing that a little bit about how you get businesses to turn the, turn things around and actually really show value the to their clients. Yeah, to be honest, um, you know, this, it's, it's very simple. So there's lots of ideas. I mean, whether you're in business or a financial planning practice, there's a, there's a book I wrote with a financial planner in, um, who works out of Thunder Bay in Canada, and it's called The Little Book of Wow. Now, yes, granted, it's written for financial planners to implement a wow client journey. But to be fair, any business owner could buy that book and read that book, right? So we're, we're humans, and there's a great quote from uh, Maya Angelou, which is, and I'll, I'm paraphrasing because the words right now escape me, but it's basically people will never remember what you did, what you said. They'll never remember any of that. Like you could, me and you could engage, and we could say a million words in our hour and a half or whatever. The only thing that I will ever remember is how you made me feel. So yes. when you talk about the interactions with me and you saw me there and saw in and any relationship, the only power I have over you and the thing that I have the control over is how you feel, how I deliberately make you feel. So I write these presentations and there's lots of words in them, but ultimately the only thing that's in my mind when I write an interaction or a presentation or do anything, and there is relevance to the story, is how I want you to feel during our interaction and after our interaction right 
Yes. So any business needs to focus on my, if you were, if you were, if you were my financial planner and you were trying to lure me in to the, as a prospective client and you wanted to wow me and you wanted to absolutely blow my socks off, you have to focus on how you want to make me feel, right? And in order to do that, you have to be reminded that I have five senses, five of them. So I'm going to listen to your words, but I also have sight. I also have smell. I also have taste and I also have touch. So effectively, in order to absolutely blow me away, you have to design a service and interaction and experience that hits each of my five senses. So down to, you know, when all the world opens up and I come and visit you in your office, um, you know, you might have a nice smelling office with a particular scent that's been designed to relax people as they walk in. If you visit somebody at home, you pick a certain scent of perfume that um, you know, has a particular, it might be jasmine or it might be lavender or, and that's your scent. And that when you walk into that person's home, it's Amy's smell. Amy, what perfume are you wearing, Amy? It's all done deliberately. And you can extend that and I'm just touching on scent, but you know, you can, um, you can do that. So I, we, we say to clients things like, um, you know, when you send a birthday card, you know, put, put some scent on it. You know, if this is not like seedy, horrible love letters sort of stuff, this is, you know, and at the same time, that scent matches the same scent in your office, the candles that are burning or the incense that's in the office meeting room. And then when it's Christmas time, send a candle with the same scent on it. So we've got five senses. You have to trigger them all, all of them. Wow. The quality of the paper that, it, that goes in the report, um, the quality of, um, you know, the, the binder or the, the ink that's used or the pen that you use when you're sitting in front of a client. You know, if you're if, so, if you're standing there with a you know with a beautiful you know Mont Blanc pen, and you're sitting there on a, with a beautiful notepad, and the client's like looks at you and thinks, "God, I must be really important." She's got the posh pen out, you know, not the chewed up you know biro that's with the bolded up corners. You know, I've got a a, a notepad that's in a mulberry. You know, these uh -huh. are the, I've not got I've not got five of these. I've got one, and I saved up to buy it from the airport. But this is a mulberry bound with a beautiful notepad. You know, when I pull that out, it looks impressive to the people that I'm with. So it's just simple. Hit the five senses. Focus on what they are, how they can be triggered, how they can be stimulated. And you, you will never go far wrong. Never. Mm. Well, never. Ultimately, it makes someone feel important. Comes it back down to that, that whole message. I think this whole... Um, you know, episodes really coming down to that key word of self-worth. Yeah, and it might be important, but you know what? It might be inspired. It might be at ease. It might be comfortable. It might be any of those words. You know, if, if I, you know, what my, my ultimate, going on to this, this video with you, I want to make every single person feel inspired. That's it. That's, it's one that's word. your gift. One word. You definitely one word, do. Right? But, but you know what? I'm still just a girl. I'm still just the mom. I'm still going to go and do dinner tonight. I'm still going to go and do my chores around my house. But I, it's by design, right? Because I'm here to do a job. And I think anybody in business that's interacting with another human, it, they've got to leave themselves behind. And when you're servicing, you know, and I, I came across an amazing quote years ago by a guy that run a boutique hotel in the Cotswolds in England. And he said, 
and looked at the, you know, he was asked the question, you know, what's the key to your business? He said, I turned servicing into serving, right? And I sat in this audience and I was like, oh my bloody God. <laughs> and it was just like, and I was like, that's it. That's it. Any planner, any planner, any business owner can service, but they can't serve unless they do it on purpose. Yes. And that's the difference. And you do it by hitting your five senses. Simple. One idea. Brilliant. And it's the simplest thing. Because it's all about the other person then. It's not about you. They're not your five senses. They're their five senses. And your, your key thing, you said you want someone to go away feeling inspired. Absolutely is what you do. Um, and that's when I first heard you speak. I was incredibly inspired. And I wanted to know, how do I bring wow into my business? How do I yeah. wow people? Yeah. Um, it's gone beyond that for me. I sort of think you bring so much more. I mean, that is, you wow people in so many ways. Um, but in this just small time that we've had, this near hour, you've um, certainly inspired and wowed me by sharing these very, very important messages. And um, I hope everyone who hears us shares this and jumps onto your website and follows you on social media and Oh, yeah, please you. do. And, so can and you tell share, share stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just, just one thing to close, Amy, and I will, because uh, it links to self-worth, and I think it's really important, is people dismiss their gut instinct all of the time. And it's the strongest quality that I have. If something doesn't feel right, it's because it isn't. If I think someone's behavior is bad, it's because it is. If mm. I think someone's been out of order, it's because they have. And self-worth and self-appreciation also has to link directly into your own personal standards. So if you think someone's behaving badly to you or has made the wrong decision that you don't agree with or said something that's offended you, you absolutely have to say that that's upset you or you don't think that behavior is right. And if they argue with you, stand your ground. Because part of, you know, we've been doing some work around, you know, and as I'm sure you've experienced it with clients who have been financially abused and where, you know, relationships are broken down and just poor behavior. If those people would have followed their gut instinct and read their gut instinct and trusted their gut instinct at the beginning, they wouldn't end up in half the trouble that they were in and had that bravery to execute. So I just, just, I just wanted to really close before the contact details with, you know, there's no excuse for bad behavior, none at all. You know, there's no excuse to be around people that you feel aren't good for you. Because if you feel they're not good for you, it's because they're not. That's your body telling you that it's not it's not the way it should be. So please, anybody that's watching that's not happy with any aspect of their life, have the bravery and the, the confidence to do something about it. Because it, it's, it's your superpower. It's everyone's personal superpower to have their life in their own hands. And it's so important. So important. And we've all learned lessons along the way, right? All of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, right? So, um, yeah, so to find me, you know, Amy, Amy's your first port of call. She's an, I mean, I, you know, just quickly, I remember seeing you at that same conference you saw me and you were heavily pregnant. You looked absolutely beautiful. Your blonde hair, it was all flowing. You were shiny and you were glowing, baby glowing, and you had this beautiful bright red lipstick on. And, and, and I just remember thinking, she looks amazing. And then I, then I bumped into you at the airport. Do you remember in the lab? Yes, that's right. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. where are you going? You're like, I'm going to the races. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? So I'm like, are you tired? <laughs> just like, 
inspired me, Amy. Like, oh, so don't you. ever think that you you're not because absolutely you are. But you know, Amy's your first port of call. Like she's 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 an incredible woman. What this woman can't set her mind to do and flipping execute is just not worth doing, right? What she pulls out in, in the park is incredible. So Amy's your first port of call. But anybody can reach out to me. So I'm on Facebook as Michelle Hoskin. You can connect with me personally. I've got my Little Miss Wow on Facebook. I've got Little Miss Wow on Instagram. I'm Little Miss Wow on Twitter. And then, of course, I've got um, the Standards International website, which is standardsinternational.co.uk. Um, or reach out to me. I'm Michelle at standardsinternational.co.uk. And just, just, just connect. Let's all support each other through whatever's going on in life. And, you know, we, we, we deserve to have an amazing life. That's it. Thank you so much. Well, I look forward to um, sending this out to everyone. Good. I'm glad. And I'll share some of the resources I've spoken about with you. And obviously, well, you can share the workbook, you know, do whatever you want with it. So it's yours. Excellent. Okay. All right. <laughs>